I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. We have a sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me on this um, gloomy, gray, uh, wet um, Monday in Toronto shortly before. The last Monday in Toronto before 2021 is Colin host Josh Hart. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, as much as the Raptors have tried to bring down everyone's spirit, um, it's still pretty nice to not have to work this week and spend every day eating, you know, dessert and watching movies. Feels like Kawhi after the championship. Yeah. <laughs> Only having uh, alcohol and desserts, man. Now he's uh, yeah, poor Kawhi, man. Kawhi, man, get well he soon. He probably can't uh, even eat the desserts with his jaw. No, nah, he's probably just having alcohol. No desserts for <laughs> more Kawhi right now. Um, as for, as for the Clippers, uh, 77 to 27 at halftime is one of the most hilarious score lines. Luckily, no one was watching because who cares about the Clippers? Um, in on a, on a Sunday afternoon, well, I'm sure people are watching football instead or just doing whatever else. Like, were you watching Clippers Mavs? Um, no, I was on a Zoom call with my partner's family. My brother sent me a text message with the eyes emoji and the score. Mm. It's like, wait a second, what ha- Like, what's going on? Uh, I, I like Paul George. You know, those guys celebrated on the 26th. Then that means they got absolutely demolished by t- It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Paul George said, I, I take responsibility, but also, you know, it was right after Christmas and I wasn't ready. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> what? The, the Mavs also played on Christmas. Like bo- both teams stayed in LA for yeah. the next day on the 26th. You just aren't, you just. Bro, just, just just say, yeah, you know, well, we suck tonight and we got to be better. Like, I don't understand Paul. Like, he always has to just throw in an extra thing. But people were asking for a slander pod. I understood the request. And in normal circumstances, it would. But without a, a single win on the Raptors' side, we had we ha- we to keep the karma good, as, as good as possible, until the Raptors, you know, get one win. Um, Raptors are 0-2. It's a depressing time. And this podcast will cover a lot of people's worries about um, the show. So we've asked for Twitter questions. We've received many, as always. Really appreciate everyone sending in questions. But won't have time to cover everything. Um, The bigger topics, I think I've grouped them all together. So let's start with just Raptors problems, all right? Um, Let's start with this first one. From Yana Slanderpage, uh, Prima Key, who is... Uh, one of the Giannis Slander is hitting pretty hard in the beginning of the season. I mean, listen, I don't understand <laughs> what it is about Giannis, but this man will lose to the Knicks once a year. Uh, it's just <laughs> super weird, but this is what happens with Giannis. Um, but anyway, this is not about Giannis. This is uh, the question is, what is your opinion on Spicy P? Do you think he's playing well? Um, Josh, I'll, I'll throw that question to you first. Do you so Spicy P has 26 and 6 in the game, game one in a loss? Um, and then game two, he has a great first half, like legitimately sensational, like yeah. 12, 12, and five. But then he ends the game with about 16, 15, and eight, which is good objectively, I guess. But what are your thoughts on that? He uh, faded so in the second half for sure. You know, he's playing well. Um, it, the, the, I think the feeling lots of Raptors fans are maybe getting is 
one of the great things about DeMar DeRozan is that he would come out of every season like a house on fire. Like he would put up 33, four games in a row, some number. He would always have some statistic that compared him to Kobe Bryant. And he'd carry the Raptors while that early season defense worked itself out. They found some rotations that worked, identified players further down the bench that could be contributors. And Pascal hasn't had that kind of production that has kind of single-handedly righted the ship. Um, and that was always that was something that you always could count on DeMar to go out and do. Um, and Kyle Lowry's played fine. Fred's been fine. But we haven't had that one guy who's gone out and completely dominated. I think the problem for the Raptors right now is their defense just isn't, isn't right. Um, and no, and Pascal has not carried the sort of superhuman offensive burden to correct that. That's what I see, at least. And, yeah, like, it's hard to ask a guy to go out and score 35 points a game for the first two weeks of the season. He's looked like Pascal. He hasn't taken some sort of big leap already, which I didn't see possible anyways. But he's played fine. What do you yeah. think, Will? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's been spectacular, but I think he's played – I think fine is is the right way to describe him. Um, I mean, the nice thing is the playmaking. Uh, I don't think he ever had a stretch last season where he had 14 assists over a two-game span. Uh, He matched his career high with eight assists against the Spurs. Um, When I went back and watched the the highlights of those assists, it wasn't like spectacular passing in terms of like breaking down a defense and then throwing some sort of crazy pass to uh, find someone wide open or anything like that. But he made the right passes. Um, he made pretty good reads. And, you know, I, I don't even think the Raptors shot the three ball um, well in either of the two games. It wasn't like they approached 40%. But the fact that he um, collected that many assists is a good sign because I think what's clear is that defenses are going to really collapse on Pascal this year. That's, yeah. uh, you know, it's just what it is. They're, they're taking it is away the pain. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there. If that's going to happen, then he's going to have to find other people, and he's done that so far. Um, the shooting has been, you know, okay. Uh, it hasn't been as wet as it was in preseason, but you know, whatever. I think the turnovers are a little high uh, at the moment. I think they're working through some general offensive um, transitions in terms of you got a new coach coming in to to that's sort of um, you know taking over the offense a little bit. Not saying that Nick doesn't have any control, but uh, there's a new offensive coordinator. And I think there's a general struggle with the team in terms of um, not even necessarily they're bad. It's just they get into slumps. Um, yeah. But I, I, otherwise, I think Pascal's is, he's been okay. I mean, I, w- I wish for him to get into the paint more, but I think defenses have generally done a really good job of taking him away from the paint, which is uh, a concern because you wanted to get to the paint, but I don't know, man. It, it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, if, if they're sending two guys at him, it's going to be pretty hard for him to get into the paint. So I don't know. I, 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 th- I would give it a solid, like B. I'll give it a solid B for, for Pascal so far. Um, that seems appropriate. Yeah. Uh, more Pascal questions. This one from G Rex. Do you think, do you still think that Pascal can be a number one option? As great as his development is, I believe he hit a wall. He's offensively limited and inconsistent at times with offense. Therefore, I don't think he'd become that type of player. Um, I mean, look, I, I think, okay, a couple of things. One, like offensive number one option, you know, it, it, there's levels. There really are levels to it, right? I think in terms of the very, very elite, like he's your number one option on a championship team. 
there's like five of those guys, maybe, maybe six, right? Like it's like Kawhi, LeBron, Steph, KD, like Giannis isn't in that group. AD. I don't, I don't know, man. It's just AD alone. AD's in that group. What did, what did, I mean, I don't know if AD alone wins you a championship or not even wins you a championship, but gives you an offense maybe. Oh, good sure. enough to win a championship. Uh, like an offense. Okay. Fair. Like, like the Pelicans had Drew Holiday. They had DeMarcus Cousins. They had Rondo. That team still didn't get past the second round with AD. Um, James Harden, I, I want to say he's on that list, but I also know he's not. Like, he I just is. know he's going to screw up at a very he's... crucial point. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, I think talent-wise, absolutely. There's just that there's that extra element yeah. with Harden where he, he, he will do some – he will disappear in, in a moment, and it'll frustrate you a lot. I mean, I don't even know. I don't think I don't know if Lucas on that list yet. I think he's on his way. Uh, and then Jokic yeah, he like, for sure is on his way. Yeah, like there's just not that many guys. So Pascal's not definitely not in that group. I don't even know if he's in the next group in in, in terms of, um, you know, guys who can be like the go to number one option all the time in a playoff series. I I, I you know I think that's something that he's still yet to show. Um, but he is the number one option on this team. So, man, I feel bad. I, 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 that sounds like I'm dissing Pascal, but I'm, you know, I think that's realistic at the moment until he shows us something else. What, what do you think? Yeah. I like, I, the anxiety around like Pascal's offensive ability has always sort of been funny to me. He's like a great player. He's a great sportsman. I'm not really stressing too much after two losses that haven't felt great. And I think, yeah, like, is Pascal the number one option on an offense that is championship quality? Who knows? But on that, on this uh, sort of mythical Raptors contender, it would be an elite defense that carries that team anyway. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's fine. Like Pascal's been fine. He's not the, he's not the part of the roster that should be making people aggy with like the the slow start. Um, it's not. It's yeah. It's like it's not on Pascal. It's not on Pascal. Yeah, I, I'll definitely agree with that so, point. Like the slow part, he's been their best player the first two games. It, it, the Raptors have not won, but he has been their best player the first two games. Um, yeah, and and I think and he's been a good enough player to. Like if you put Pascal Siakam on, uh, I don't know what's what's an, what's a team that's playing kind of okay, but isn't like if you put Pascal on the on the Hornets, the Hornets are two and zero, or like you know what I mean? It's yeah. just been a couple bad breaks. Like the Raptors, the Spurs loss was pretty bad. The Pelicans loss was kind of weird, given that you saw Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball go what like two of thirteen the day later. Like that shooting discrepancy was kind of what cost the Raptors that game. It's hard to get too wrapped up in it. Spurs loss was bad, but I feel like every time the Raptors play the Spurs, the outcome is always yeah. comes down to the wire. That's true. So all things considered, Pascal's looked fine. The Raptors have had two bad breaks. I don't think tonight's going to go their way either, but they're playing who I like. I think I really believe in the 76ers this mm-hmm. year. Mm. <laughs> but I wouldn't go like, there. Yeah, so even if they go zero and three, I'm not going to be. It's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot more losses for this to be a Pascal Siakam problem. I think the problem right now are like OG and Norm have looked pretty bad, um, 
and that's that's the issue. Yeah, that that's why they've lost the games. Is is OG and Norm? Um, I mean, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Everybody wants to. Yeah, how many questions do you have about yeah, every uh, time get for? Every, no, uh, no one's even asked that. I think everyone's realistic about they're not getting anything from him right now. <laughs> but like the Norm thing is clearly, you know beginning of the season like he's not felt it out he missed a couple practices because he's in the covid protocol you know when you have like he's a he's at this point in his career kind of a vet or at least a vet in this organization he has another week or two to figure it out but it's bad yeah it's been it's been not good and it's been not good from og i was losing my mind when when norm was guarding Damar, Damar, like this at the, guy, <laughs> at the logo. This guy was guarding Damar at the logo, man. This guy was guarding Damar DeRozan at the logo. And again, I, I just can't get over it, man. It's not even a scouting report thing. I know Norm has been going up against Damar for like four years in practice. Like, there's no way that he didn't know how to guard Damar. You know, yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't know. Uh, but Norm has he's gone. Up to, he's forcing it right now. Norm has never gone off to a season in a great start. I don't think not even one season. Um, the 17-18 season, he lost it early on. He had some injuries, but he lost that starting position yep. to OG. 18-19, uh, I don't think he was really in a good groove ever in that whole year. Uh, last season, series. last season he was off to a really slow start, and then he really took off and was awesome. Yep. Uh, and then this year, yeah, he's off to a slow start. I think, yeah, before that, I don't know if he was ever even considered part of the You know, maybe, maybe for Norm Powell he doesn't start to play well until his local advertising sponsorship money starts to come in. Mm. And then he feels like the real him. So he needs to like, I don't know what kind of food do they, what's like the regional delicacy of Tampa Bay uh, blooming onions. He needs to like get a blooming oh, onion. <laughs> no, we need to, we need to get an Osmos <laughs> in Tampa Bay stat. And that's a, a Dunedin Cosmos. That'd be kind of hard. Yikes. Oh, what a weird year so far. Okay. Um, next question from Dino. Can you elaborate on what we need to see from the Raptors rebounding? I see that we are easily outmuscled, and I just try to – I just don't think they're on the same page. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think, first off, um, the Raptors are going to have to do a better job just rebounding as a group. I, um, I think they're kind of undersized, so they're going to really need their guards to contribute. Fred and Kyle have proven to be guys who can rebound. Those are guys who will fight for loose balls. They're not really like those kind of soft guards that don't really involve themselves with defense. They will do that. So uh, I think, you know, what we saw against the Spurs where the two of them, Fred, I believe, had three rebounds and Kyle had zero. When was the last time Kyle had zero rebounds, man? Like they got to do better on that front in terms of just uh, gang rebounding as a group. Um, I think realistically, I don't know how much more you can expect from Baines rebounding wise. He's mostly going to screen and box people out. He's never been a guy who's like collecting a ton of rebounds by himself. So uh, you're going to need people to come in and actually collect that rebound. That's going to, I mean, I thought Pascal in, in, in the Spurs game did a really good job. I mean, he was super energetic on the glass. Yeah. Um, and that was great. But I would lo- I'd love to see OG give that same effort because realistically, Pascal needs to save a lot of energy for offense. And the fact that he yeah. is giving so much defensively um, means that over a 43 minute performance like he, he had against the Spurs. You're going to tire out if you're going to play both ends yeah. of the floor really hard. Um, but for OG, I mean, his job is just defense and hitting occasional shots. So please, like, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's unrealistic to expect OG to get 10 rebounds. But, like, I also don't see why he couldn't. 
especially because they're going to need him to do more of that than um, than they need him offensively this year, at least. So I, maybe I'm just saying the guards got to do better. They obviously they can't combine for three rebounds. That's unacceptable. But I also think OG should. Uh, I mean, he was at seven rebounds a game last year. Like, you know, can he not bump that up to like nine? I don't think it's outside of his ability. Isn't he at seven rebounds a game now? Or what is he at now? Oh, he's at seven rebounds now. Sorry. He was at 5.3 last year. So, okay. you know, even more OG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's playing seven more minutes a game at the moment. Yeah. So. No, I, 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 I do think the OG thing is an issue. Like, he's got to give the Raptors more. He got the raise. He has the sort of full-time job. It's, t- it's go time. And I yeah. believe in OG as much as ever, anybody else. Like, I mean, yeah. Raptors fans love OG. So, well, I don't know, man. Some, some people are already written him off. As soon as any, okay, this is what happens with Raptors players. As soon as they get paid after a rookie scale deal, right? As soon as they get paid, people start turning on the guy. This, this happens literally with every player JV, Terrence Ross, Norm, OG, Pascal, Fred. Like every single guy, that's what happens. Damar, uh, I guess people are already out on Andrea by the time you already got the extension, but definitely with Andrea. I'm not saying that it's just like a fan perception thing. Like I think these guys show some frustrations, but it's yeah. always like great when it's found money. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is great. I got a five in my pocket. Uh, it's not so great when all you have is a five in your pocket and you're trying to buy something. You're like, I'm broke. All I got is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's- so. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what happened with OG. I mean OG could play better for sure, and I believe him, and, and I believe in the potential. Um, but that's the thing. I think also is just when you do get paid, people expect it consistently. And yeah, because yeah, but they're still the same player. That's the thing. It's yeah. not like you just paid them and then magically their production is scaled accordingly. No, it's not. But that. but with, in the case of OG, he's now getting he's now going to get the most reliable minutes role opportunity of his career mm-hmm. um it's it's a little bit like it's not it's not quite the same as fred like last year we had fred had the job but didn't have the the salary this year he has the job and the salary and he's looked fine he's i don't think anyone who had doubts about paying fred has reasons to complain given the number and given his production thus far it's like og it's that what is og going to look like with the sort of full-time forward job at the salary he's getting and then what's the production that we expect from him because it's now something Raptors fans are going to live with for the next four years yeah I, I don't think it's a bad contract after two games I definitely don't think it's a bad contract I yeah. think it was a good contract actually um, next one from Dino again um, could you see Boucher starting over Baines in the future if not why is our interior defense um, why has it collapsed so much so one I think there is just a talent drop-off between Baines and Mark. Mark is yep. exceptional defensively. Baines is very good. Was, and that, that little gap um, is important. And that's actually part, part of the – most of the reason actually why I thought the Raptors' defense will slip a little bit this year. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't foresee it slipping this much, but I also think it's early season stuff. I think, you know, they're talking about communication issues, rebounding issues. A lot of the stuff is sort of things that they can clean up, get on the same page about. Um, the reason I don't see Boucher starting over Baines is Boucher um, is kind of like a perfect bench guy. Boucher. Because you can bring a guy off the bench to play matchups, whereas you can't do that with a starter. 
and Boucher is still a matchup kind of guy. Boucher has played great. Baines honestly has this is as good as Baines is going to do. Like it's not like Baines got to like jump like two more levels after this. Well, what Baines is giving you game one, game two is already pretty much what Baines is you're going to expect from him. So, um, yeah, defensively they'll get better as a group. I think um, you know that's something that Nick and the coaching staff will need to work on. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm looking at in terms of just like the IQ of the group has dropped a little bit. So maybe keep it a little simpler at the start of the season. Play more. Mm drop back coverage, you know, force the guard to go um, into the paint, take them away from the three-point line, give up the mid-range, um, stay relatively at home in the corners, um, and just, like, kind of funnel things into the paint. And I think that's where Baines can look a little bit better. But, of course, I also understand that the Raptors had tremendous success over the last two seasons playing their aggressive style of defense, and they're going to keep – they're going to want to keep playing it. Um, but that just does take – there is a learning curve with that. It's a really hard scheme of defense to play. And it requires everyone to be on the same page. So if you, if you do have slip-ups, then all of a sudden you're allowed. Well, Marcus Aldridge is, has a putback that wins the game. And like ultimately, Boucher gave up two offensive rebounds that – look, the Raptors, it shouldn't have been that close. The Spurs are not mm-hmm. a very good team this year. Um, but Chris Boucher did not have his head on straight at the end of the game on – I forget the days of the week. It's that time of year. But to say that he – should grow in a role that I think there are real concerns about his ability to fulfill defense, like defensively and, and like at the awareness level are realistic. And mm-hmm. look, I'm you, I, I know that you have the mandate from, um, from corporate to not slander Chris Boucher this year. That's but not true. He, that, oh, that's not I true. Know, I think, I think they I'm, loved it to be honest. I'm teasing you, but <laughs> um, Boucher has some issues and those issues were uh, were relevant at the end of the game on Saturday, Sunday, what Saturday, today's Monday. And the idea that he should expand his role beyond guys like Baines right now is unrealistic. Baines looks totally fine and Boucher is a very good backup center who can have game-changing impact on the right night, but I don't I don't think you can trust him to you know jump a guy like Aaron Baines in the lineup. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Baines has been okay. I, 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 I do like Boucher's energy off the bench. Um, I think, especially, like, if you see the kind of bench guys that the Raptors have already played, whether it was, like, Jackson Hayes with the Pelicans or Jakob Pertl with the, the Spurs, generally people like to bring, like, energy bigs off the bench. And Boucher really thrives in those matchups because Boucher has like Boucher is a, a very very good energy big in terms of how much energy he brings. Um, also, I love him playing with Norm because he can clean up all of Norm's missed layups. <laughs> I, I consider Norm to have only missed two shots um, on, on Boxing Day. Uh, the three misses off the rim were Kobe assists to uh, to Chris Boucher. So um, I, I don't mind those misses. Uh, okay, next question. Comes from an anonymous Bosk fifteen. Okay, uh, do you think Nick Nurse's mentality that rookies have to earn minutes might actually be counterproductive for legit talent like Flynn? And does the Heat system benefit those young players more because they give them the time to improve and grow throughout the year? What What are your thoughts? The, the Heat they already have Precious Achua playing in a rotation. I think that's probably where this is coming from. Also, the fact that they had you know uh, Tyler Hero was phenomenal throughout the playoffs. Like the, I don't know, like the Flynn thing, to me at least, is 
the Raptors, there are guys on the roster who are going to play before him. They're not playing very well. You need to figure that out. So you can either decide to move them and um, bring in what you do need or get those guys right. I'm not sure that there's some, like, yeah, um, Nick Nurse will make his rookies earn their minutes, but I'm not sure there's really a, a an issue here. I'm not sure. I, like, I'm not sure that Flynn would go out and be this very dominant force if he were playing a ton of minutes. Like, I don't know. Fred Van Viet looked great as a rookie, but when he played sustained minutes with the Raptors before he went out, down, back down to the 9-5 and came back up the second time, he had struggles. Like, it's your first season in the NBA isn't easy. Yeah, Flynn looked good in the preseason, but to say he's going to realistically go out and score 18 a game for this team is not it's not not likely true and if he was really busting ass in um practices nick nurse would make an adjustment i'd like i trust i believe in nick nurse i i think what he's doing is right he knows these guys better than the rest of us and the roster issue is a justification alone to give guys like norm the opportunity to play it out because Norm Powell has a very tribal contract. And as much as I don't want to see him go for sort of reasons, I believe around like developing talent in this Raptor system being important over, for the long term, you got to do that before you could uh, let a guy like Malachi play out. Yeah. Do you have a different answer? Um, I think it's not necessarily Nick's issue, it's the front office's issue. Um, they have too many guards. I've said this from like, the pretty much like the last few podcasts if you just look it up i asked nick about it specifically i was like you got all these guards you like playing all of them what's gonna happen what are you gonna do and he said their answer is i'm not gonna play all of them he told us straight up he's like you know and i was like okay okay i mean and i and i specifically said maybe this is a front office question um and if we if if we you know get to talk to uh one of the raptors front office execs in the coming weeks and months maybe i'll ask them as well but yeah, I think it's just they're, they're unbalanced in terms of how many guards they have. So that's going to limit them. And also, two of their best players are Fred and Kyle, and they both are small guards. So if yeah. you're going to introduce a third guard into that mix, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Having said that, I do actually think Flynn will crack the rotation. I, I just think that he's going to prove to be better than some of these other guys in terms of his two-way production, in terms of the ability he, he, you know, he has as a playmaker. I don't really see a lot of playmakers off the bench. Like Norman and, and Matt Thomas are finishers. They're not play creators. Matt can pass a little bit. Norm, you know, he's like, Norm is fine. Yeah. He's just Norm. But like those guys are clearly finishers. And if you introduce one more playmaker off the bench, I think that would help. Um, I think the bench unit could probably use that. So I actually do think he'll crack it eventually. But at the moment, I think he's going to roll with the guys that he trusts. Nick um, has seen. Matt, he's seen Norm in the system for a while. He's seen Boucher in the system. So it's and those are the three guys who are the most experienced. Um, so I'm not surprised he's going with those guys at the moment. I, I think it'll be a flexible thing. I don't think Nick is married to this like eight man rotation. And honestly, man, I mean, you know, as much as we don't like seeing Norm struggle like this, like Norm has also provided, all right. Let's be real. Norm was quite good last year. You don't just give up on that for two games. Um, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Although, you know, people are close, myself included. It's just, it's honestly when Norm's bad, it's just like, bro, what are you doing out there? But, you know, because it's flashes of bad Raptors, two guards previous. Like, yeah. When Norm's bad, it's like you have these 
T. Ross, Mo Pete, DeMar DeRozan, like bad tapes in your mouth. Yeah. And it makes you want to pull your hair out. I'm I get just, it. I'm just not used to boneheaded plays, man. I, I, I just, you know, it's fine to, it's fine to be average talent wise, which I think Norm is actually above average talent wise. Yeah. But it's just like, stop making boneheaded plays. Like, I, I, don't, I, just, I have such a low tolerance for that, I think now. Um, and, and Norm really does come up with a, a lot of those. <laughs> Um, the next question from Danilo on offense, our team heavily relies on production from Kyle, Fred and Pascal. Is there another player that you can see being a dependable producer? The answer no. I, for me is no, <laughs> no, <laughs> it depends on, I mean, Norm was semi dependable. Uh, Norm was dependable last season. Um, and Serge was dependable last season. So last year you had five guys, uh, but offensively dependable. I think you're just looking at Kyle, Fred and Pascal. Yeah. It's okay, I guess. Yeah. It's not like honestly, me, Matt Thomas is Con- getting close like, to that group for me. Not not Elsie- not not even in, in talent, just like the fact that I know he can come in a game and do a job. Whereas and, other guys I don't. And Kyle is gonna make one of the bigs reliable. Like Kyle, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Kyle yep. can make make Kyle can turn one reliable offense producer into two reliable offensive producers when he's you know, setting other guys up. So let's uh, let's give Kyle some time. He'll figure it out. I mean, Kyle's averaging ten assists per game, man. I don't, I don't know if Kyle yeah, he's looking on that. Yeah. No, but we'll identify who's the guy that Kyle's going to be able to consistently feed and make look like a, you know, true. Like, yeah. Kyle's only had one rebound the whole season. That's that's really weird, man. Especially for a guy as scrappy as Kyle. But uh, that is weird. That is that is a little strange. Um, all right, next question. Yeah, I mean, look, realistically, that those are your three guys. The rest of them are going to be TBDs for each game. And, you know, that's what it is. Uh, next question for Freddie. Freddie Rivas. Uh, Fred and Kyle are both incredible, but the backcourt being outsized seems to be a bigger problem than it used to be. Is bringing one of them off the bench a, re- a, a way to break up the size slash is, is this a wildly unrealistic idea? Uh, people always want to break up the two point guard lineups. I don't think that's the issue. I really don't think that's the issue. Um, I think other guys struggling has been the issue. Don't think Colin. I mean, Fred didn't play great in game one. He was below his averages, but was quite good against the Spurs. Was, Nearly won that game for us. The preseason. And yeah, he was just like yep. lights out, right? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is they got to get OG and Norm playing better, man. Which will happen. I trust both of those guys to figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. all of this has to be put in the context of these guys are playing on a reduced turnaround after a pretty deep season last year in the middle of a global pandemic while relocating their lives. Like, it's there's a lot of reasons why teams throughout the NBA are going to come out of the gate slowly. Yeah. 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 Especially, also, man, it's like, been a weird year. Like, did you see any of the games on Sunday? Like, uh, yeah. let, me, let me just read some of the scores that happened <laughs> on Sunday. So we already talked about the fact that the Clippers lost by 50 in the first half. All right. Um, let they me ended just, the game losing by 50. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they ended the losing by 51, right? Um, the Hornets beat the Nets, okay? The, and the Hornets were out like 16 against the Nets. The Nets made a furious comeback. The, the Hornets held on, all right? Um, the Cavaliers blew out the Sixers by 24 points. The Knicks beat the Milwaukee Bucks by 20 points. 
The Bucks are now one and two. The Pacers are three and zero. Oh. Nate Bjorkren doing a hell of a job there. Uh, Debonta Sabonis with the game winning drive and one. Also, beat the do Celtics. the Celtics have any end of game play besides Tatum fadeaway? Like, no, Tatum like- just all Tatum wants to do is do a one two hop step into a step back for three. That's all he wants. It's very predictable. He's quite good at it though. You know what I mean? It, and it looks cool. It's the kind it of shot that, that gets you on Sports Center. But come on, like yeah, not. And Tristan Thompson was terrible down the stretch. Yeah, so, I mean, look, (laughs) you know, there's there's been some weird scores, is is all I'm trying to say. Um, And, yeah, that's what happens when you're only uh, two games into the year. So, I'm not making excuses. I don't think the Raptors have played well enough to, uh, to, to sort of be given the benefit of the doubt. But, like, you know, realistically, two games is two games. Also, it's weird. It feels like it's, this feels more like extended preseason than the regular season. I don't know what it is. Um, I just see a lot of teams working stuff out. Um, next question from um, Z Salt ninety nine. Do you think Pascal getting tired in the fourth quarter is a legit explanation for why he seemingly disappears in the fourth? Yeah, forty three minutes is forty three minutes. Like, I mean, for, exactly forty three minutes when you also play like he was the best defender on the team as well against the Spurs, yeah. and he was grabbing all the rebounds. Like, yo, I, here's the thing. I, I think. Honestly, Fred said it best. Um, it, it really depends on what your lens is for Pascal. Maybe before every game, ask yourself, what do I reasonably expect from Pascal? Just like, just do this as an exercise. Ask, before you turn on Sportsnet or TSN, ask yourself, what do I think Pascal is going to do today? You know, say, let's, let's say it's like 20, 20, 28 and 5 or something like that. Okay. And then you expect him to play great defensively. Uh, and then you go into the game and you come out of the game and you just compare that, right? Don't, but just, but to expect Pascal to do everything, like, yo, Pascal's never been that kind of guy, man. I, why would you expect yeah. that if he's never done that? Like, he's not going to be the kind of guy who just does absolutely everything. And that's not what all max contract players do, man. Very, very few max contract players do that. Like, we, we don't have Giannis. You know? Yeah. We have we have Pascal. Like you just you just be realistic about what you're getting from Pascal. Um, but yeah, I mean that's not even against that's not even like I'm not trying to rail against this question. I just think that people have are expected a lot, and including Nick Nurse, man. Forty three minutes in game two is is too many. That's crazy. That's real that's Dwayne crazy. Casey shit. Yeah, but I mean honestly though, they don't have another forward. They don't have another power forward, and OG's other power forward. He's small. And he's usually guarding a big wing player. So he's not actually even being a power forward usually because he's mostly guarding a wing player. So, you know, it's a roster issue. It, it really is a roster issue. They don't have a backup. Like I would honestly, as much as I, you know, uh, had made a lot of jokes uh, at Rondé's expense, uh, I would not hate Rondé back on this roster. He's he's available. I just, I, I just, just no size, man. Look at the bench. Like, yeah. you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know. Rondé back. Maybe come back. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Norm won't be around to bully you much longer. <laughs> uh, uh, and then this one from Emmanuel. Um, any concerns about in-game health protocols of fans in Tampa? JJ Redick mentioned it in his podcast. Um, are you concerned? The fact that there's like, I don't know, 5,000 fans in the in the stands? No, am I con- concerned for the health and safety of the of the people attending the yeah. Raptors? Yeah, I think it's like a kind of a dumb idea. 
it's a, it's it's a cash grab. I, I think honestly, yeah. the fact that Florida is an op- is a state that has proven to be very lax about its regulations overall, but especially with COVID, factored into the Raptors wanting to play there. Besides yeah. the weather and all that stuff, I think they were probably looking like we can we can make some money. Um, which, by the way, actually, let me just look up how much Raptors tickets are because they can't be they're very like, expensive. They're like twenty bucks. Raptors tickets, Emily Arena, Florida. How much? How much would it cost to go to the Raptors game? This is actually this is a great question. All right, Raptors uh, Celtics. All right, that's that's a premium game. Let's see the prices for these tickets on Ticketmaster. Oh. 90, 84 bucks, really? Wow. 84 US? 84 US dollars? I mean, that's how much it costs to go and watch the game in the Raptors. In Lower Bowl? Boy. Lower Bowl. I don't know if they're open. Oh, they are open. Um, but let me see Lower Bowl. Uh, 511? Are, are you sure this is a ticket? Maybe this is a secondary market because I don't understand the, the pricing here. I saw that's it was crazy. way lower. Yeah, I remember game. seeing like twenty dollars tickets, but yeah, like Ron DeSantis is a jerk. Like, I, I mean, what are we, mm. what are we expecting? I do think it's weird that the Raptors have fans in the arena. I hope nobody gets sick. I hope nobody on the sort of Raptors organization gets sick. I don't. I hope that random Floridians that I don't know. I hope that you know Canadians aren't um, going to their sort of vacation properties in that region, going to games and bringing potentially the virus back here hope everybody stays safe and healthy and we're able to enjoy basketball with little interruptions despite the you know mm-hmm. morally dubious nature of playing games at all during in the middle of a global pandemic that continues to um kill people um yeah i, I will also say that though this is not a problem for the raptors necessarily it's like a problem of governance in general that's how we got to this problem in the first place. And we need to sort of improve on that front. It's a societal problem. And that's where you need government to actually step in. I know people are against government for various reasons. Um, but yeah, what the point of the purpose of governance is to uh, take care of something huge, like a country in a pandemic, for example, the States have not done that, but as for the Raptors, I don't think it actually impacts the health of the Raptors people organization or the players itself. Like fans are far enough back that are not like, and there's no interactions or anything. Although I did see Brandon Ingram throw his headband into the crowd. No more of that stuff. No more of that stuff. <laughs> Stop doing that. Okay. I feel like that's definitely against the, the protocols. That is like a good force of habit thing that you would, I could like, I could understand. Like, I feel like, I don't know. LeBron James is going to take off his shoes and his game-worn jersey and try mm-hmm. to hand it to a kid and some, like, team star like, LeBron, like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I've just done this, you know. Yeah. No, 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 that, that, that's got to go. But uh, but I think it, the, the real concern is for the actual fa- uh, health of the fans coming into the stands. Right? Everyone's wearing, yeah. Hopefully everyone's wearing masks, but not sure how that's enforced. They're not getting I definitely tested. saw a They're guy not- with the, the, you know, bundle the, the nose. I don't understand this, man. Put it over your nose. Like, okay. But um, no, but I mean, in terms of there's no testing coming in, as far as I I know, we have to fill out a questionnaire. Maybe they do a temperature scan. That's, that's kind of the extent of it. Um, And the people are proper. They're, they're seated so that they're far enough apart, but at the same time, people might move around. You never know. I don't know how it's enforced. So that's where the concerns are a little bit for me. But again, this is a societal issue. It's, 
it's I mean it's not it's not like the Raptors are helpless. They could do something about it too. But at yeah. the same time, um, that's what it is. I mean, I, honestly, it's happening in soccer too. Like there's like fans, like you know, um, you know. Obviously, I watch a lot of Liverpool and stuff like that. There's there's fans, but at least in most soccer arenas, they're outside. Yeah. So you know that's a little bit better, but. This is just what it is, man. I mean, again, governments are failing us. It's, it's not the rap. The Raptors' job is not to be the government. Uh, next question. These are the next section. I'm calling these transactional moves because there's always talk of changing the roster. This first question from REP. Um, do you think the front office regrets making all that cap room for 2021? Um, no, you have to do it. It's the right thing to do. They didn't really sacrifice anything. I can't think of there being a. I mean, they did lose Surge. They they lost Surge slash Mark. They you know I don't know if Mark sure. was ever coming back. I yeah, Surge yeah I guess Surge, but then the Surge make the Surge plus the core that remained minus Len make a good team. I mean, it's better. It makes the team better. It's, be- it's better, but is yeah. it like? I don't know. To me, you look at the top of the Eastern Conferences, you'd project it, you know, Milwaukee, Boston, Nets, Heat, Sixers. Like, yeah, I don't think the rap, like, I don't see the Raptors breaking through that. And the yeah. best plan to break through that is by bringing in a superstar next summer. And yeah, the prospects of doing that look different than they did six weeks ago, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's, yeah, it is what it is. I, I think the surge move is is related to Giannis, and it's it's always obviously easier to look back in hindsight and say, oh yeah, Giannis signed the extension. There was no point in doing all that. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I think that's a loss. Like we can admit that that's a loss. Um, in terms of anything else they've done since then, I mean, they've extended OG. That really only made about a four point five million dollar difference in their cap room um, because his yeah. cap hold was only four point five less than the contract he signed for. So that's fine, marginal kind of stuff. That's like a biannual exception, right? You can carve that out by like, I don't know, moving Stanley or something like that. Uh, that kind of scale of move. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they gambled and they lost. Was it a worthwhile gamble? I think so. Yeah, I, I do. It sucks in retrospect, for sure. Uh, it's important to note that the Raptors did offer Surge more money this year than the Clippers are paying him this year. But I think from Serge's perspective, um, maybe he—I mean, maybe he took—he definitely took a discount to win, and you know that's you know it is what it is. Now he's down fifty at halftime. It's uh, you know it, it doesn't always work out, but um, yeah, I mean, and in terms of like the twenty twenty one cap space, I mean, I still think that's the most realistic avenue to improve the team. Yeah, um, you know, I think. Uh, Honestly, you're looking at if you look at the free agents. Yes, the top free agents are gone, but s- still, some of the guys out there, like I, I still don't fully hate. Um, you know, I, I think for example, there's there's bigs on the market. Like, what what do you, what would you think about like a Laurie Markkinen, for example? Like, honestly, look, he would. Be, I, I love pretty, I love Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, he'd be pretty good for the team, right? And like, he's he's restricted. Um, and you know, the Raptors could, we'll, we'll definitely have enough money to, to get someone like that or John Collins, yeah. for example, uh, Jared Allen would be a nice addition to this team. I think you're, uh, you're obviously Jared aimed... Allen, old Kyle Lowry and Jared Allen would be kind of tight, but Kyle Lowry yeah. is a free agent as well. And I don't know if Kyle's coming back. 
That's a whole different issue. That's a whole different yeah. issue. That's a whole that's different a real issue. issue. And honestly, I don't know if that necessarily is a Raptors choice. That's I think more on more on Kyle. But uh, honestly, I, I don't even necessarily hate the restricted free agent market that much. Um, Duncan Robinson is a free or is a restricted free agent. You know, no way. <laughs> you don't you don't want Duncan. I don't want Duncan in Toronto. <laughs> I don't. I don't even really hate him, but I don't want to cheer for that guy. All right, fair enough. Um, Do you want him in Toronto? Uh, look, listen, if the Raptors are going to shoot 45 threes a game, I, I want Duncan shooting at least 10 of those. <laughs> I don't know what, what about that. It just really, I don't know, just yeah. really grinds my gears. I'm, I'm just saying, though, there's, you know, I think the cap room is going to be useful. I think they can bring in a nice piece with that yeah. money. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not going to be a star. I, I, I just kind of doubt it at that point. But, I mean, in terms of the strategy, the strategy is what it was. Plan B is a lot worse than plan A, or at least in terms of potential. But uh, that's usually you know, what it I is, think, man. I think plan A, getting honest, was great. Plan B is like you have a very good young core with the flexibility to bring in the tip of the spear or a few more complementary pieces. And mm-hmm. maybe you're not a title contender, but you're a conference contender. Being yeah. a conference contender is pretty good. Like, you know, there are worse things to be than yeah. the – perennial three seed uh i don't think the right yeah maybe maybe with the right piece of the raptors can be a three seed in the east maybe yeah i i mean yeah maybe, maybe. like i yeah i, don't know. I mean they could honestly they still could still be the three seed this year I, I, you know, the raptors won the out, title but... two years ago and like i just i'm not a not that aggy I like the team will be competent so long as Bobby and Masai are running it. Mm. And that's kind of good enough for me. I mean, the, the, the Warriors won the title th- like three years ago now, and they're now relying on Damian Lee to hit buzzer beaters to beat the, the Bulls. But that it exposes how much people really hated the Warriors because everybody's really enjoying. Uh, I feel I- bad for Steph. He's in his prime and it's not going to go that well. Yeah, I feel bad for him, man. Uh, Kelly Oubre is <laughs> actually great because he's he's taking the worst shots I've ever seen. And they also have Andrew Wiggins on top of that. So I feel bad for the Warriors. But I, I, I still believe in Steph. You know, if Steph is, you know, um, I mean, Steph is a generational talent. I, I, I still think he can make that group better. They probably should just run the Damian Lillard playbook for him and just have him run pick and roll all the time. All this like passing the ball, then trying to get off the ball, then trying to cut and screen. Like, bro, as soon as Steph gets off the ball, yeah, like, the team is mugging that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't ever let him get off the ball. All right. If 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 teams come to him and trap him half court, which they should, then yeah. whatever. Then you gotta do what you gotta do. But do not willingly just give up the ball so that like Omari Spellman or whatever, or actually I don't know if he's not on the team. Uh, you know, Eric Pascal yeah. or whatever can just have the ball. Like, no, don't do that. Okay, just give the keep the ball in Steph's hands. Steve Kerr, please, for the sake of my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> next question from In Masai. I trust. Uh, I like our young core of Fred Pascal and OG. Would Oladipo be a good piece to add in terms of fit slash need? Also, what price would be your limit? Um, I think realistically, if and if if um. If Oladipo continues what he's doing so far, which has been quite good, he's uh, Oladipo is averaging 22 points on the season on 65% shooting, 70% from three, uh, <laughs> shooting eight free throws a game. Um, the, the, the Pacers are 3-0. and 
Um, yeah, if, if that's what's happening, then yeah, he's getting the max. Um, and honestly, in this market, he's probably getting the max regardless. Uh, but in terms of would he be a good ad, I'm still skeptical. I, I definitely want to see how this season goes for him. I think his health is, you know, a big question mark. But at the same time, he's clearly a talented player, and the Raptors could clearly use a, a two-guard who can create and score. So on that front, I don't think it's bad. What do you think? Yeah, like I like Victor Oladipo. I think he's really good. Do I want him to get the max? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, too. Not really. I'm totally cool with Victor and, as a player uh, like, coming to the Raptors, just not on the max. Because I don't, I don't yeah, fully like, trust joke, him, man. Like we, have, we have Norman Powell at home, and yeah, like Oladipo's upside is way higher than uh, Norm's, but I do think if you like map out their production over the next four years, I think they're more similar players than most people want to admit and yeah. don't know why you would pay up to have a guy who will be in and out of the lineup on and off production-wise, a, like a, a worse um, personality than Norm. Um, or like more difficult to manage personality. And I think Victor Oladipo has justifiable gripes with the organization, but like Norm has never said peep about his role, his playing time. He's just good, like shows up at work, does sometimes a good job, sometimes a bad job. Does it make sense to bring an Oladipo guy who will, you know, get asked to do things that he's not going to be comfortable with always and has made it, made it known that he's willing to, um, cry about it i don't know i just it's i don't really love it i don't really love the option but he is definitely super talented he is definitely super talented um he will be 29 next year don't know if you want to give a four-year max in this situation uh, I, I really want to see how the season plays out uh, that's what i'll say i really want to see how the season plays out but he's off to a great start man the pacers are playing really well shout out joe wolfon honestly shout out nate Bjorkren. yeah yeah seriously. he's been great um, next one from Ahima. Uh, should the Raptors try to trade for Harden? So there's uh, variations of this. There's also from uh, Funk and Paranoia. Why are you opposed to trading for James Harden? And did you have similar reservations about trading for Kawhi? Let's start with the Harden thing and then go back to the Kawhi thing because I was definitely firmly pro Kawhi. But uh, yeah, should the Raptors trade for Harden? Should they? they? Every week, every week until James Harden is done and uh, gets traded somewhere. <laughs> Yes, they should. Well, it just it depends. every team should trade for hard. Yeah, he's I mean, that level of player, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does it make sense? Like, would it? Does it make sense to give Pascal and an asset for James Harden? Oh, it's not and an asset, man. It's going to be like another five picks on top of that. So you you are now depleting your team entirely of picks. Uh, yeah. I don't think it'll be multiple picks alongside Pascal, but if that's what it takes, no. But if it's like, you know, Pascal in a two firsts, a first would be ideal. I don't know. I like it's. I don't think that the Raptors have a have the most compelling package for James Harden that it will be available. I don't think that the Raptors have the greatest need for a player like James Harden to achieve the goals that the organization has right now. I don't think that James Harden would ever sign <laughs> another deal in Toronto. 
Um, I don't know if you want James at 33 years old signing a four or five year max at like 40 plus. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those reasons, like, I'm not sure the mark, like, yeah, it's just the Raptors market. It just won't, it wouldn't work. And it's too bad because yeah, James Harden is really good at basketball. We can definitely agree on that. Do you feel differently? Like it's just yo. I'm just saying. Okay, look, you make this trade, you gut yeah. your team, you are yeah. not winning the championship still. And you might say, "Oh, James just put up 44." I don't care. You're not winning the championship, right? You're just not. You're not better than the Nets. You're not better than the Bucks. You're you might be better than the Bucks to be honest. But a lot of things have to go right for you to be better than the Bucks. You know, you're not better than you're... the Heat. Uh, yeah. You're not better than the Celtics. Uh, you know what I mean? And if you look at what okay, so let's say you, you realistically the, the trade will need to involve Pascal and we'll need to involve picks. You'd be lucky if you held on to OG because quite honestly, OG probably has to go in that deal too. If that's the case, who are you playing in the front court, man? Who are you <laughs> playing in the front court? And you might say, Oh, it doesn't matter. James could take all the shots. Okay, cool. James taking all the shots, you're not winning shit. All right. <laughs> you don't have any front court players. You don't have a secondary yeah. score in the offense. You know what would be great with with, yeah. with, with, with James Harden? Pascal Siakam. Pascal would be fantastic with, with James Harden. You don't. You wouldn't have that, though. You would just have a half a team. You would have James Harden in Tampa Bay bringing COVID to the rest of the team, all right? <laughs> and and then, what, next year he plays in Toronto, and then he goes into the free agency. You, just, you don't have, like, it, it, it's not – I'm not saying that you don't make any move when you – that doesn't get you to a championship, but I just don't see how that moves you closer to the championship. Would it make this team better? That's – I would – I probably – Right, I mean, James Harden is a better player than Pascal, right? And yeah. with all the other picks, I don't know if you necessarily get a, a, a James Harden level talent. But at the same time, I, I just I don't know, man. I, I just I don't really see that as like. Here it is. This is the team, and we're going to win a championship this year. Let alone on the other issues. Um, so that's just where I'm at with it. Like again, you just have no front court players. Like who is your, okay, let's say you, you trade OG and Pascal, right? You just trade him for Harden or you're like, well, great. Harden's great. He's fantastic. All right. You go into the Celtics series. Who's guarding James? Who's guarding Jason Tatum? Who's guarding Jalen Brown even, right? You go into a, a, a net series. Who's guarding KD? Who's guarding Kyrie? Or, or, Kyrie. Okay. Whatever. You have Fred. Who, who, who's guarding KD? You know what I mean? Uh, who, you're, let's play you play against yeah. Giannis. Who's guarding Giannis? You're really going to throw James Harden guarding against Giannis? With Aaron Baines at the rim? <laughs> like, bro. It, it just, yeah, it, it, just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, man. It just doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, it's too bad because it's like, yeah, he's definitely an amazing player, but there's just no ju- justification for it. It doesn't help the team win the championship and... I, I guess this is like a good way to enter into the uh, the difference between the a potential Harden trade and the trade for Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. is Kawhi slotted into a team that needed a guy like him, mm-hmm. and you were you were you didn't look. The Raptors got back Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, and five million dollars for Pirtle, a backup big, and um, and Dem- Demar. Like it's very yeah. different trade. It's a very very different trade very than different would be trade. available. For James Harden. Um, first off, if it all it cost was DeMar in a first round and Jakob Pertl and the 29th pick to get James yeah. Harden plus another piece that would actually play in your rotation, 100% you do that trade. That's not the price for James Harden right now. So that's not comparable. Yeah. Second, the Raptors at that situation in 2018 were at the end of the road. We had just yeah. tried with this current group of Kyle, DeMar, 
you know, Casey, <laughs> JV, and they had tried. They added pieces. They had tried. They tried. They tried, and it didn't work. So they had to do yeah. something, right? Also, Loki, I don't think that Masai want to extend Demar, but whatever. <laughs> um, they had tried, right? And and you know, it, it wasn't working. So they went out and traded for Kawhi. And the fact that the Kawhi trade required so few pieces to actually go out made the Raptors a more complete team at the end of it. They yeah. still had actual pieces. You could not take Pascal off the, the championship roster and win a championship. You can't take yep. Serge off the championship roster. And win a championship. You can't take Mark off the championship roster. Uh, you know, obviously you can't take Kyle or Fred off the championship roster. You know, those are all vital pieces, but the Raptors still had a complete team when they traded back for Kawhi. And of course, it was a gamble. Absolutely. It might have been a bigger gamble to trade for Kawhi at that point than it is to trade for Hard now. Really, Especially all, with all, the, like, all, Kawhi won't report rumors. And- yeah, yeah. We Which, already know James Harden won't report. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that was that's a different situation. And I was completely for it because also at the time, the Raptors had given that group five years to try to do something. Yeah. They couldn't get it done. They made good progress. They couldn't get it done. But they had to do something. So I was totally cool with it. Like, you're, this, is, this is a newer group who have won a championship together. At least some of those guys have contributed to a championship. I'm willing to give them a little bit more time. And also, they don't have the assets. Like, it's like, look, even with the Kawhi trade, they weren't complete. They still needed to trade for Mark Gasol. In order to trade for Mark, you needed DeLon, you needed JV, and, and I guess CJ Miles, right? But, like, you still needed those pieces. Like, the Raptors don't have those pieces, man. And also, who would be the bench? Like, you'd just be running a, a shitty version of the Rockets out there, and, and the Rockets didn't even do anything. Like, I know people – I swear to God, the Rockets get more credit for losing the conference finals than the Warriors do for winning that championship. But, like – you know, I'm I'm just not for it. I, I just, I'm not for it. I don't I don't see this as the opportunity. And as much as yes, it would make sense on the paper to trade for James Harden. I just I don't know if it makes sense for the team as a whole. But I, I mean, look, if you're for trading for James Harden, I don't blame you. He's great. He's a fantastic player. And I, you know, if the Raptors made the trade, I will be here praising it. But <laughs> yeah, like if the Raptors were able to trade for James Harden and presumably build around him. Not to compete this year, but to like next year and beyond. But mm-hmm. that's just not on the table. It's not happening. James Harden will not sign a contract to re- remain in Toronto. I would like. I would sooner believe that I don't know. Like Vince Carter comes out of retirement and suits up for the um, red and purple. Like it's just not happening. Yeah. So trading for him is is a dumb idea because well, you're not I winning in the next two seat. You don't win in the next two seasons, and then he's not around beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. that's that's where i get on and get off like you're not winning the 2021 uh title and you're not winning next year because you'd be giving up way too much to get him and then if you unless you're confident he's sticking around which i'm not um what have you done it for yeah also like are you ever reading lebron and ad with james harden a 35 year old kyle larry fred van vliet (laughs) and aaron bates you're not doing anything, man. Like I just, I, you know, I, you know what? That's that's where I, that's where I'm at. So you know, I, I, that's why I'm not. Is anybody it. beating the Lakers? That's kind of does, uh, this kind of feels like um, 2018 Warriors with this Lakers team. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone beats them as long as they don't get injured. Like the the Lakers are like like incredible, incredible. Yeah. Marcus Hall. Like he shredded the second unit of the Timberwolves, and I can see him doing that with most second units with I mean, the complement of like 
finishers that they have in that yeah, second year. Like with true. KCP, Kuzma. with uh, Schroeder, Kuzma, just like Marcus Tim, Yeah, Horn Tucker has been pretty good now. Tim Horn Tucker. crazy. Tim Horn Tucker. The Lakers are crazy. Yeah. And it's cool. I, I kind of like it. Because they're not – it's not like – it's not like they're rolling the ball out and have mm-hmm. a bunch of it's they have two basketball geniuses running two pretty good teams. So like yeah. LeBron runs the, the, the starting unit, uh, Mark runs the second unit, and both of those guys are so good that you know they just demolish teams. I'm kind of excited to see it. Um Me too. Me too. I think the best, 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 best case version of the Nets could give them some trouble just because I think perimeter defense. Yeah. is still a little bit weak for the, the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. and I, but, I mean, I, until I see KD effectively get to the rim, which is still something I don't fully see yet. Yeah, we know he can no. shoot. Uh, but the best, best, best case scenario for them, I could see it. Because Kyrie is looking amazing these days. But, you know, but yeah, I think the Lakers are still firmly championship favorites. Uh, Sonny asks, uh, how would the new look DeMar fit in with the Raptors with his improved playmaking and rebounding? You guys let that Raptors broadcast really <laughs> convince you that DeMar is a different player than he was two years ago. Um, I mean, look, look. He, is, he is really, really, really polished. He's more polished yes. offensively now than he was back then. And he was already quite good offensively back but then. But is it a new look? Like it's DeMar. No, no, he's, no. He's, he's, he's the same dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I appreciate what DeMar did in his nine years in Toronto. Wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. Why on earth do you want him back in the in, in the city? I don't get it. But you know, shout out to him. I mean, he would improve the team, but yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, again, the playoff thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, he's looking fantastic. He's looking fantastic. Yeah, I wish, I wish I'm, absolutely all the best. I hope he stays with the Spurs. I think it's actually a nice place for him. Because the coach yeah. is not going to try to change how he plays and try to maximize what he does well. And yeah, Pop has done that. It's it's a perfect marriage. Demar's an old school player. Pop's an old school coach. Perfect. Do you uh, like Pop's hair? Do I like Pop's hair? He's um, starting to look like Jerry Garcia. That's pretty cool. All right, let me let me see Greg Popovich's hair. I don't. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really notice his hair. But uh, let me. Yeah, twenty twenty hair. Greg Popovich. Yeah, I mean. It's, yeah, it's not it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Well, I'm a hundred percent on board with it. He looks it's vibey as hell. I'm in, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, I mean if he if he's mellowing out, that'd be great. Because I actually his pop's like a cool dude. He's just he just seems a little uptight because he he used to be in like the secret service or whatever. No, not secret service, like CIA <laughs> secret or something. something like that. I don't know, man. He was like military trained or something. Um Trash Factory asks, other than Pascal, Fred, and OG, do you see anyone else being a lock on the roster this time next year? I would throw Flynn on there. I, I just, I'm pretty confident he will be there as, as a first round yeah. pick. Aside from that, as an absolute lock, I don't know. I really don't know. Because Kyle's expiring. Uh, there's a player option, or there's a team option on Baines. Uh, Boucher is unguaranteed for next year. Norm has a player option. Um, you know, Matt Thomas probably still on the team, but you never know. It's not like he's like, you need to have him on the team. TD yeah. is a restricted free agent, and, you know, he hasn't played since 
well, he hasn't played this season really um, outside of garbage time. And his case, his court case is continuing. Um, Jalen Harris is on a two-way. Paul Watson's on a minimum. You know, like Utah. Utah is on a two-way again, so you can't really re-sign your two-way like that unless you get him a real contract. So you know, any any. What does that mean? Loss. Like, do you is 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 does it matter? Like the. Yeah, like next this upcoming off season is going to mean big changes to the Raptors. I don't like sure everybody kind of sees that coming. Mm-hmm. They'd set up their entire organization oriented around signing a guy who will not be available, um, who may maybe demand a trade, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So I mean, yeah, I, I would add Flynn to the list, maybe Matt Thomas, but yeah, that's it. That, that, that's the nature of the NBA nowadays. Our contracts are very short. And then to end the podcast, two general NBA questions. This first one from Logan, who asks, have you watched any Pacers games? And if so, how was Nate doing as a coach? Can't say I've watched too many Pacers games, um, but the reviews seem to be that, A, they're shooting threes a lot more. They're modernizing the offense. <laughs> that was a really easy – well, not air, not easy, but a very obvious area of weakness for the Pacers. They were, like, consistently in the bottom five in terms of a, a three-point attempts. So they've, they've definitely shot a lot more threes. They play with a little more pace. The ball movement is supposedly better. Um, you know, I think one of the great beneficiaries, aside from Oladipo, is um, what um, Sabonis is saying. It, it, Sabonis has been yeah. sensational. I mean, I, and most of the players have been really good. Like, you know, Brogdon's doing quite well too. But Sabonis in three games, 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 19 points, 10 rebounds, five assists with the game-winning layup against the Celtics. Uh, so Sabonis is doing quite well. Um, yeah, Nate's doing a good job so far. And I'm happy for Nate, man. This guy deserves it. And uh, who knows? Maybe Nate Bjorkman, coach of the year. Who knows? There's no way, right? Does he have a path to winning coach of the year? I mean, like, what the, would the, be... the, the issue is the Pacers have you know, done they're, well. They're, they're death. But don't they feel? Doesn't it feel like Steve Nash's destiny to get another uh, MVP award that he? Yo, relax. Dubious claim to <laughs> Relax, relax. Okay, relax. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> Who do you get? At Shaquille O'Neal. I loved hearing Shaquille and uh, Shaquille O'Neal's uh, um, inside the NBA, like waging a war against Steve Nash. Bro, gotta, who, you gotta love it. Who's even thinking about the two thousand and seven MVP, <laughs> man? Like, who cares? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Yo, the Suns were like they won like sixty games, man, and the Suns were not the Suns un- until Steve Nash got there, and, and they took. That yeah, group. I uh, I agree. I agree. It's you just know? funny. It's just funny to see, you know, Steve Nash has like four Hall of Famers on his coaching staff. It's yeah. just no, it's it's just out of control. I, I can't believe this is the first coaching job Steve Nash had. Um he, he's done quite well for himself. <laughs> this guy hopped straight from doing uh, soccer coverage for Bleach Report into into coaching KD and Kyrie. Like, that's unbelievable, man. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you look at Steven Silas and he's getting jerked around. Like, it's just, you know, Yo. we don't need to recriminate it, but it's, it is, it's pretty crazy that this guy walked into the best job available. <laughs> like, it's no, no, this guy probably looks- one of the... I love Steve, man, but it is kind of funny to me, man. It just is. It's really funny that 
that he was like doing commentary for Tottenham Spurs games and then now he's coaching against the Spurs with KD and Kyrie like that's nuts <laughs> that's nuts to me man for your first job but you know what honestly he's he's done fine so far so good for Steve and honestly Steve's one of my favorite players of all time so um, yeah. I'm happy for him on multiple levels all right last question from Jay Rosales pick a Raptor make a New Year's resolution pick a Raptor make a New Year's resolution Do you have an answer? I got to think about this one. Mm. I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam. And the New Year's resolution yep. is um, ditch social media. People are not kind to Pascal, man. There's no grace for Pascal, nothing. Like, it, you would never think but this I also, guy yeah. hit the game-winning shot yeah. in, in a championship. You would never think this guy was fantastic for a title. You would not think this guy won a title. You would not think this guy was all NBA. You would not think this guy won uh, most improved player, you know, fantastic story, the 27th pick, making his way to the point that he is now. You would never think this guy's honestly been the best player for the team at the, at the moment because people just, like, are just shitting on him day after day after day after day. He made he made a basket against Zion on a slippery floor where he slipped. Bro, it's a slippery floor, all right? He made a clumsy layup against, against Zion, and he got clowned for it. Like, he got clowned for making a layup. I, I disagreed so, with the reaction, like the reaction to that reaction. It's let people post their jokes and keep it moving. You don't need to defend vociferously every guy who gets teased on social media because it'll happen to the guy that you like. It'll happen to the guy you don't like. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, keep it, keep it pushing. Like this morning, D'Angelo Russell was getting killed because of a sequence where Marcus Hall was completely ruining, but they were playing their zone. And yeah, he got beat a couple times, but it just, it happens. People are going to, it's, yes, I agree. The resolution should be to get off social media because everyone is crazy about basketball players on social media, except, yeah. I don't know, like people complain about LeBron James constantly. And LeBron James is by yeah. far the best player we've seen in um, my living memory. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I agree that, yeah, Pascal should, uh, yeah, please just, I mean, just, yeah, don't, uh, don't fret about it too much. Um, and just honestly, I don't think social media is going to do much good for Pascal. So just stay off the Pascal or stay off the, uh, stay off the social media for Pascal. That's the New Year's resolution. That's what a good one. What do, you, what do you got? Um, for me, what is going to be my, my New Year's resolution? This is a very fun question. Um, I just like to see uh, coach Nick nurse um, try to, uh, help this team find its identity because right now it seems like they're not the same team as last year. They're certainly not the championship team and they're not where they're going. Um, I'd like to be, I'd like to see Nick nurse and his post game and the way the Raptors play sort of identify the key themes that they're going to need to focus on. I know that like um, Fred has complained that the team is not communicating well about their uh, defensive identity. So helping, helping explicate what the team wants to be doing, how they're going to get there so that the team seems to understand where they're going as well as the um, fans can understand expectations for what these guys are going to be out there doing. Cause it, it kind of just kind of seems like they're um, trying to find their sea legs. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to most. Do you feel like you already have a good read on where the team's going, what they expect from themselves, no. who they expect to be? Yeah. So no, not really, not really. I think it's, People are all feeling it out, which is normal. I mean, yeah. that's that's why you have for sure. That's what you do at the start of the year. Do you have any personal um, New Year's resolutions, 
you would like to share? That um, not really. Like I feel like I was, I ended twenty twenty on a good streak, both personally and professionally. So seeing, you know, growth in our career, growth in the, my career, growth in the show, growth in my personal life. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like, you know, in the summer, I had like a really difficult time. My grandfather passed away from COVID, and having to get through that was challenging. And it felt like come October, November through December, things started to straighten themselves out. So yeah, just feeling like excited for the new year, you know, despite all the stuff that will still be the same from 2020, I'm feeling excited about the opportunities that uh, are out in front ahead of me. How about you? I feel like new years and your birthday, you always like what I feel like you always have that opportunity to reflect and look forward. Oh, so yeah. do you have any uh, big resolutions for 2021? Um. So my partner got me a, a keyboard, which I wanted. So I'm, I'm taking the ambitious step of trying to learn how to play keyboard. It's like, tw- it's like 20 years in the making, I think. My parents definitely put me in piano classes, and I hated it. <laughs> and instead, I picked flute instead. And I yeah, that was quite, re- quite prolifically, I have to add, for like <laughs> 10 years. And then I ditched the flute, picked up a guitar, and learned how to play I Will Follow You Into the Dark. Probably that was like the best song I knew how to play and learn like some chords but that's that's about it so but now i'm actually you know honestly a little bit inspired by nick the fact that he's always playing his his keyboard and stuff like that um and i decided i wanted one so that's my news resolution is to learn to play keyboard slash piano we'll see how that goes that's pretty good that's a good one yeah normally i don't make news resolutions but that one is pretty tangible so yeah Yeah, you you're gonna be inside you can practice and Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll let's start our own uh, Death Cab for Cutie cover band by the end of the year. Yeah, wait, man, I can't wait. Honestly, Death Cab bangs. I, I don't care what anyone says, man. Death Cab is. They have that. They have really the one with like two really good albums. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are they called? The, what are the, the, uh, the trans- Transatlantic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good record. Um, we have uh, we have facts. We have facts. What is it called? We have the facts, and we're voting yes. That's a pretty good record. Yeah, I don't um, even know if I heard that one. It's a, yeah. I mean, shout out to Death Cab for Cutie, I guess. I remember uh, now we're in the just pure banter part of the show. I remember right before the um, Colin show, we wanted to, <laughs> we were talking about the National so much. Yeah. Did you listen to the National produced Taylor Swift records? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Sorry, so they produced sorry producer Ashley. Albums. Um but <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the national too. That was probably like if, if you ask like who are my favorites, uh honestly just rock rock musicians, rock bands, things like that, they'd be on it. I mean there's a lot yeah. of good rock bands, I guess, but um not many more than the national. Like they're pretty No, the national's great, yeah. Legitimately great. Death Cab Did you see Death Cab's good? Yeah. Did you see the national play when they played at a Young Dundas Square? I did. Like, I, I was, was there, there too. Yeah, that was great. I was there. Um, how do you feel about the Shins? The what? The Shins with uh, James Mercer. That's like the same kind of know, music. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did stop <laughs> listening to uh, <laughs> this genre. The Shins of that same era. Like the Shins, the Shins of that era. I well, I, I didn't make it to my list. I, that's that's too bad. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was, I, you know, I didn't dive that deep into the genre. I'm not going to pretend like I was Blake Murphy or anything like that, but, um, <laughs> you know, shout out Oasis. Shout out Oasis. Shout out early uh, Coldplay. Not, not uh, everything before that X and Y album. Isn't that their second record? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. I'll allow X and Y, man. But what's the Viva La Vida? That from that point onward, it was it was too much. Yeah, it was pretty. It was, it was absolutely too much, uh, and arguably it was too much before that. Radiohead. Um, I, I, you know, not a huge Radiohead fan, but there's a lot of Radiohead records I like, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I think honestly, you know, had some had some good moments. It's one of my favorite bands early on in my life. They're a great band to like make you want to make music, which is cool. Like I always yeah. think that's like a important vector to like celebrate artists or who are people who you listen to and then want to go pick up an instrument and try to, you know, do something yourself. Like I've really enjoyed um, Dirty Projectors. They put out five EPs this year. Mm-hmm. And in all of them, like I felt inspired to like, pick up my guitar or my bass guitar and like figure out how to play the songs. And I don't know, there's so many artists who you listen to and you're unmoved to make art yourself. Mm-hmm. And even though like whatever I make is crappy, but I get enjoyment of doing it. And it's one thing that I really appreciate about uh, Dave Longstroth and, and the gang and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. When I was 13, 14, yeah. you know, learning those riffs and those, um, yeah, learning the riffs from their songs were like, I don't know, the whole, the reason that I taught myself how to play guitar. Honestly, that was for our, our, I feel like that applied to like half our friend group. Yeah. And that's cool. Like I, I, there's, that's like a really important thing to do is to inspire people to go out and do something. It's like, I don't know, all those people who talk about how Steph Curry transformed this generation of basketball, of people into basketball players and basketball fans John Frusciante did that for us. Yeah, John Frusciante did that for me in the the Fender Telecaster I bought when I was six, uh, fifteen or sixteen after a summer of of work. There was a yeah, there was a weird summer where I think every single person got guitars. Yeah, we had yeah that, we, we had like seven guitars in um, in, in Beluga Surprise. <laughs> just yeah, like I meant like you know everybody had their guitar in Matt Giamu's basement and mm-hmm. we're all just yeah, making yeah. a racket. And it's just nice. I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that uh you know I've known you long enough to remember when we you know jam with uh I don't know Keith Drakeford and <laughs> yeah uh, you know. it was uh it was definitely an error so um all right oh no uh, stylish suggestions anything oh yeah st- um stylish suggestions uh, I watched Soul on Disney Plus yesterday. Okay. Uh, starring Jamie Foxx and Quest Love and Angela Bassett. Um, right. I cried so many times. So I'm going to recommend that That's you nice. watch it yourself, Stanley. It's really heartwarming time of year to, you know, cozy up with a bowl of popcorn on the couch and watch something nice. So, uh, Stanley, mm-hmm. my Stanley suggestion this week is uh, Soul out on Disney Plus. How about you, Will? I have also been watching a lot of TVs and movies and stuff as you do at this time. Um, to be honest, I've been watching some pretty shitty stuff. Uh, I watched The Holiday, which was, which was actually no, that was actually fine. Actually, I actually do recommend The Holiday if you like rom coms. It's it's really not bad. Um, what did I watch? There was the one with like Kristen Stewart 
and her her girlfriend who was trying to keep oh um yeah it's like that was awful that was christmas like, claw yeah i watched the yeah, trailer for that that's, that was terrible I, I thought it'd be good it was not um you know even the, the star-studded cast cannot not uh fix a really really broken and bitter did, just a did really you watch riddle like i don't know storyline i watched like tiny watch- pretty things it was also kind of <laughs> trash the storyline did not make any sense but whatever Jing- you watch jingle jangle on netflix no, what is that? <laughs> what is that? that? Doesn't even sound good, man. It sounds terrible. It <laughs> sounds like Jingle a, Jangle a bust. stars Forrest Whitaker and um, Keegan Michael Key. Um, uh, Forrest Whitaker is like a toy maker, and his apprentice Keegan Michael Key steals all of his toys. Forrest Whitaker is like sad and old and poor, and then he. Why is he sad him. in every movie, man? Can't, yo, can't even get Forrest Whitaker. Have you looked at like? Does Forrest Whitaker look like a guy? Who's gonna like tell lots of you jokes? Are. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. but it's really good. Like I cried. Uh, I cried a lot. I cried a lot during these movies. I guess. Um, but uh, Jingle Jangle is good. But th- that was like a very much a Christmas movie. I guess if you the 28th, if you feel like watching, um, those. But wait, which which one do you suggest? Um, industry. I guess go watch industry. It's not bad. It's not like great either, but it's uh, it's entertaining enough. Um, if you especially if you like it, kind it's kind of procedural almost. Mm. If you like like billions or like, well, not suits really, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I don't know, man. I have not seen a great a lot of great stuff recently. Um, you should watch Tenet and let me know what you think. Okay, I will because there's a, I don't know, man. Send me some recommendations too because clearly I, I'm I'm struggling here. Um. Man, what's what's my what's my sound suggestion? Because I, I feel like I, I do value the segment, and I didn't come prepared with something. Uh, honestly, you know what? My sound suggestion is um, enjoy the winter. I know he's literally in Tampa Bay, so he can't do that. But if he, for some reason, were in Toronto, um, you know, go out there, maybe get yourself a, you know, a toboggan and, and enjoy going tobogganing. It's a really unique. <laughs> canadian experience and i feel like i don't know if stanley from being from california has ever tobogganed before or gone tubing so go tubing actually you don't even know how, you, you don't even need to know how to ski tubing is for when when uh, the uh, the school trips comes around and everyone it's like ski day but uh, most of the immigrant kids did not come from countries where there was a lot of snow to ski so they didn't know how to ski so everyone tubed go tubing that's my suggestion i'm i'm, I'm thrilled with that one go tubing at least water tubing, I guess. I was, I was, the snow tubing is went, way better. All right, you go, I, you go a lot faster. Yeah. I went for a walk the other day, and I saw like uh, too many people on a hill. Mm. Um, I went to the park because I'm not the police, but man, it was like, do I feel comfortable seeing this many people outside, all gathered close by each other? I mean, so, Stanley, right. if you're able to go find a hill, try to find one that's secluded. Might not be the steepest, but if it's your first time, you can take it slow. Yeah. Well, there you go, Stanley. A lot, lot of things to do in Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, Josh, thanks for coming on the podcast. As always, appreciate you, man. All right. Uh, Can't wait for the uh... happy holidays, everybody. Hopefully, the Raptors win, you know, sometime soon. Yeah. Uh... When, 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 do you, when do you have the Raptors winning next? I want to give you the Raptors schedule real quick. Raptors play the Sixers on Tuesday. Tonight. Tomorrow. And then the Knicks. Oh, tomorrow on, on New Year's Eve, and then the Pelicans again two days after that. 
uh, Celtics. And then the, the Celtics. They got to win a couple games for that Celtics game. Um, I think they'll beat the Knicks. They'll okay. beat the Knicks and they'll beat the Pelicans because they're coming out. They're playing the Pelicans with rest as well. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to call it. Raptors beat the Raptors beat the Sixers, and then we we stop fretting. Uh, okay. My reasoning for it is not necessarily great, but uh, yeah, Raptors beat the Sixers. Pascal struggles, but uh, the guards really carry them. And Norm that can happen because Kyle points. Lowry is going to go crazy. Kyle Lowry always, really always against goes, the Sixers, yeah. man. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I think they shoot twenty threes. They make twenty threes and they beat the Sixers. That's that's what I'm saying. That could happen. Yeah, that could happen. I'm hoping, but then I'm praying. yeah, I'm praying it happens, man. Please, I don't want to start on three. So, all so right, the Josh. week ahead, you're saying they okay? I'm gonna say they go two and one. They lose to the Sixers, but they beat the uh, Knicks and the Pelicans. Um, you know, I'm gonna give a three and zero week. I'm just aggressively optimistic. Please, all right? Please, Raptors, make that happen, okay? Because people will feel a lot better if that happens. So, I like it, Josh. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you always, and um, yeah. We don't see you before the new year. Happy new year. And Indeed. Yeah. All right. Happy new year. Hopefully we're uh, back with the call-in show sooner than later. And I'll see you. All right. Peace. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.